If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. We are now through five weeks of the regular season, and the New York Yankees are still the only team in baseball not to drop a single series to this point. Garrett Cole's rolling, Giancarlo Stanton is on the mend, and hey, what was on Domingo Herman's hand? All this and more on a brand new episode of the Pinstripe Talk podcast, which begins right now. You are listening to the Pinstripe Talk podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Pinstripe Talk podcast, powered by Delahanty Media. I'm your host, Nick Delahanty. Like I said in the intro, the Yankees are still rolling. Haven't lost a series yet this year. Yeah, they split with Minnesota, but hey, could have been a lot worse. They took two out of three against Cleveland earlier in the week. We're going to get into all of that and more. There's a lot of topics to talk about. Number one, Garrett Cole. He's been absolute rolling as of late. The Yankees' injury woes continue. Luizka on the mend. Giancarlo Stanton dealing with a hamstring injury. No bueno for the Yankees in terms of the injury front, but they could be getting some good news over the next couple of days with some guys returning as well. Domingo Herman, we all saw that situation with his game. He was absolutely dominant, but there was an issue with, you know, some tacky stuff on his hand. We're going to dive into that and a lot more. Hey, and of course, you know I'm going to talk about Anthony Volpe because I think I'm becoming the Anthony Volpe president of his fan club there. But regardless, if you haven't done so already, follow us on Twitter at PinstripeTalkND. Follow our social media accounts for Delahanty Media by looking up Delahanty Media. It's that easy. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it, we're there. Make sure you hit us up. Talk some Yankees baseball with us. Our show 
Powered by Delahanty Media, as I mentioned earlier, can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Quite frankly, anywhere you listen to your podcast, you could find our show. Make sure you like, subscribe to the show, so you get all the latest updates when new episodes do in fact drop. Now, let's not waste any time. The Yankees go into the week. They're playing good baseball. We talked about it. One of their best starts in recent memory. They take two out of three in Cleveland. Never an easy place for the Yankees to play. You know, you can make the case that they should have won that first game where they blew the lead. They lost that one 3-2. to two. But they come back with two nice wins. A blowout winning game two and a very close game that Clay Holmes almost blew in the finale. But then the Yankees returned home for a four-game set against the Minnesota Twins. And this was the start of a long home stretch for the Yankees. Now, they go into Thursday's game, and Johnny Brito's on the mound. And we talked about Brito in our last episode, how great he was throwing the baseball and how confident he looked. Well, that was not the case. Minnesota came out swinging. They were absolutely crushing the cover off the ball. Brito didn't even get out of the first inning. Yankees lose that one in blowout fashion. Then, Friday night's game, they lose again in a close game. But then, the tide started to change. Let's focus on Saturday's game for a minute because this is leading to where I want to talk about Domingo Herman. Herman, as we know, is a guy that is really trying to prove that he still belongs with the big league team. He came out, he was absolutely dominant early on. Had a couple of perfect innings, and then we get the situation of what looked like rosin on his hand. And as you know, now with the whole sticky stuff, pitchers are randomly checked throughout ball games to make sure that they're not doing anything suspicious. Well, Germán was checked out by the home plate umpire, and it came to the point where they essentially told him to wash his hands, that it looked like there was too much rosin on his hands. When he came back out for the following inning, there was still a little something, what they said was on his pinky finger, and when the umpires met to discuss it, their decision was to let him wash it off and go back to the mound. Now, this did not settle right with Rocco Baldelli, the Twins manager, and quite frankly, you have to put yourself in the other team's shoes for a minute, and I guess it's the coach in me, and I see it, I would have been upset about it too, because the rule states that once you get your warning, the second notice of it leads to the ejection. And whether the umpires felt that it wasn't anything, you know, bad or or what the case was, I think that if I was Baldelli, I would have been upset over how it played out as well. So I don't blame him for that one bit. Do I think the umpires handled it right? If they didn't think that there was any illegal substance on his hand, I think they handled it right. Now, of course, I'm not in the dugout. From what Germain was saying was, he has a rosin bag in the dugout that he uses where he sits regularly, and he doesn't necessarily use the rosin bag on the mound. That's cool. Whatever. I get it. They want to make sure nobody's cheating or using illegal substances. But I just feel like the situation kind of just got out of hand and Baldelli gets ejected. Nothing happens to Germain. He ends up throwing a gem. Pitches into the seventh inning, only allowed three hits, struck out 11. That's a career high for him. You know, 
it's something that I think they're going to have to monitor moving forward. And if I'm Gramana, I'm very careful with that because knowing the situation, I think now if an umpire sees it, he might get that tossed. He might be ejected from the game right away because now I, I do think that they're going to be more diligent in looking for it. Do I think he was trying to cheat the game? No, I don't. I, I really don't. Is it a coincidence that it was his best start when this happened? You can make the case that maybe it had something to do with it. But, again, the situation was handled by the umpires, and I'd be lying to you if I thought that, you know, the umpires handled every situation correctly, and it became a situation where, you know, it didn't look great for Grimond, but at the end of the day, they let him continue pitching. Talking about umpires, go back to the Cleveland series, where Terry Francona clearly doesn't challenge in time a play that ended up being costly. And when you look at it, the umpires gave the okay to challenge it after it looked like it was shown on the Jumbotron in center field where, you know, everybody could see that the call was wrong. That, again, is another situation that, you know, has to be addressed. And I've said it and I've said it before, and I'm going to sound like a broken record when I say it again, but... With all the technology that we have and all the advancements that we've seen, we can't get robo-umpires. You know, I'm all for the human defect of it. Yes, nobody's perfect. But you can put a system in place where you're getting the right calls and you're avoiding these situations and these issues. A close play at first base can easily be changed by having somebody upstairs reviewing it. Yeah, it might take a couple extra seconds to make the right call and to announce it. But at the end of the day, don't we want the right thing and not have to worry about all of these little miscues and issues that, you know, end up costing games? For me, I want to see robo-umps. And you might be saying, well, how do you go about, you know, taking the human element out of it? I still think you have umpires on the field. I just think that they're going to be dictated what to call. And again, you're going to have to check for rosin and all that stuff. And, you know, you want somebody on the field that's going to control the game. But in retrospect, there are ways that I think in the future, we could avoid relying on the human eye to make such important calls that do dictate games and ultimately could impact postseason races down the road. You might think that it's just one game. But in the total aspect of sports, one game can mean a lot more than we think. So that is something that, you know, I really would like to see in the near future. With all these changes to the game, I told you in our show, the opener of season two, I love the pitch, uh, the pitch clock. I love it. You know, I like the bigger bases. I, I'm happy that there's more stolen bases. Anthony Volpe is 7 for 7 on the year. There's more excitement to the game. The Red Sox played a game today where they were under two hours. Like, when did you see that in the longest time? I haven't seen that. That, to me, is good. It keeps the fans entertained, engaged, and locked in. I think the changes they're making are good for the game. I would love to see them find a way to take out the human ability to make a mistake by going to robo-umpires or some kind of alternative. Let's get back to the Yankee talk, because 
You know, we talked about Domingo Herman, and I want to get into Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is pitching like the ace, the guy that the New York Yankees paid to be that guy. Threw a complete gem against the Twins in the series finale on Sunday afternoon. Nine innings pitched, only allowed two hits, one walk, ten strikeouts. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, Cole has tied Ron Guidry for the most games in Yankees history with ten or more strikeouts. You know, that's a pretty impressive guy to tie if you're Garrett Cole. And he becomes the first pitcher in Yankees history with a sub-1 ERA and 30 or more Ks through his first four games of the season. He's been dominant. And he faced 100 batters through four starts and hasn't allowed a homer. Let's remember, this is the same guy that led up 33 homers last year. He's prone to line up the long ball. We know that. But he is pitching like an ace. The Twins had a lot of trouble with his fastball. They were 0-17 for 17 against it. They could not barrel it up. He was moving it through the zone, up, down, corners. He had them guessing all game, making adjustments, you know, really taking advantage of what the umpire was giving him. And now, if you're Cole, you're the last two Yankee pitchers to throw a complete game shutout. Because the last time it happened, you got to go back to 2021 in Houston against his former team, the Astros. What more could you say about what Garrett Cole is doing right now? Plus, his complete game allowed the Yankees to save the bullpen, one that's seen a lot of action so far, and is a little banged up, for their stretch of games that's coming up, where they have 16 games in 16 days. When Garrett Cole touches the ball, the Yankees need to win that game. And that's what they're doing right now. Cole dominating and, and pitching the way that they expected him to when they signed him to that lucrative contract a couple of off-seasons ago. It's such a big game-changer for this team. Because every fifth day, you go out, whether you're playing good baseball or not, knowing that you have a very good chance to win the game just because Garrett Cole's on the hill. Fortunately, they're playing good baseball, so it's coinciding with that. But what more could you say about Cole? He's been fantastic. If he keeps this up, he'll be the clear winner of the AL Cy Young. And who knows, maybe he'll be able to anchor the Yankees deep into the postseason. Speaking of pitching, Carlos Rodon had a little bit of a setback with his back. Seems like he's going to start ramping things up a little bit. Excited to see him get back on the mound. Luis Severino still a little bit away. We'll wait to see what he's got when he gets back. And then you look at Harrison Bader, a guy who has started taking dry swings, could get in rehab games coming up. Josh Donaldson's the same thing. He'll be in a rehab game on Tuesday. The Yankees are expecting to activate him on Wednesday. Now, all that good news comes with some negative news, and that's Giancarlo Stanton. Stanton is now going to be out probably four to six weeks due to a hamstring injury. For such a big, strong guy, he has been injury-prone throughout his Yankee career. Yes, when he is on the field, he is fantastic. But... When he's not healthy, his loss is a big one for the Yankees. It doesn't help them when that big bat isn't in the lineup. And don't tell me that this guy isn't durable and he can't do it. 
is the same guy who used to play 150, 155 games in Miami when there was no DH and he had to play right field. So it's not a matter of being able to do it. The problem is that in this day and age, we see so many more injuries and you would think that with the advanced technology and strength coaches, we would see less injuries. We have to also factor in. This is a very big human being. So it's probably very difficult for him to stay healthy, especially playing a game like baseball and DHing. Because if you're not hitting for three innings, what are you doing? Yeah, you could take swings in the cage, maybe jog around a little bit, but you're not playing game action. We saw him pull up on the double. You know, you, you get a good piece of the ball, you got to run out of the box. Who's say that, you know? He wasn't stretched out, ready to go, that he tightened up. And that's what led to the injury. His loss is a big one. And the Yankees are going to miss that bat in the middle of the lineup. But they'll have other guys step up and maybe they could use the DH for good. Give a guy like Rizzo a couple of days. Donaldson could DH a little bit. Maybe even LeMahieu to keep him healthy. We'll get to LeMahieu in a minute. But again, it's unfortunate. It's disappointing. And hopefully Stanton's able to come back healthy and better than ever. Speaking of LeMahieu, the guy has been prime DJ LeMahieu, and I'm loving every minute of it. He's at bats. He's putting the ball in play. He's hitting the ball hard. He's doing the right things on the bases. He's making good plays defensively. This is the guy the Yankees extended for a long period of time and said, we want this guy to be in New York. Last year was a fluke. He was injured. Definitely wasn't healthy. Now we're seeing DJ LeMahieu like we originally did on his first contract with the Yankees. The guy could just flat out play, and I love having him in the lineup. One thing that I am going to suggest, though, and you might say I'm crazy, but I like what Aaron Boone did with the lineup, having him hit lower toward the middle part of the order. I like Anthony Volpe in the leadoff spot. The kid's fast. When he gets on base, it's almost like he's guaranteed to steal. Seven for seven on the year. So having LeMahieu, who's a contact guy, hit in the middle of the order where, say, you know, a judge and a Rizzo may not be your best contact guys, LeMahieu could help pick up the slack and put the ball in play and make things happen. I think Boone's going to obviously experiment, and it depends on who's in the lineup, but it's something I would like to see them experiment a little bit more. So let's just say that we get Bader back and they get Donaldson back. Here's how I would like to see the lineup, at least until Giancarlo Stanton gets back. I'd have Volpe in the leadoff spot, obviously. I'd have Judge right behind him in the two spot. Rizzo hitting three. Glaber Torres hitting four. I really like what I've seen from Glaber. We talked extensively about him last show. I like what he's bringing to the table. LeMahieu, five. Then I would go Cabrera, six. I like that switching ability. Break up the righties a little bit. Then I would go Donaldson, Trevino, and Bader in the ninth spot. I like that second leadoff guy. Bader's a, a player that I could see going a little bit more in the middle of the order or maybe even seven or eight. But I like what he could bring if you have him in that ninth spot. Obviously, in this situation, Donaldson or DJ's DHing, or you know, you mix and match depending on the situation. But I think right now that would be the best situation for the Yankees moving forward. You have some contact guys spread out, you know. You keep Donaldson lower, maybe take some pressure off of him. I don't want to say he's washed up, but I think that there's something left in the tank. I might sound like Aaron Boone there, but I'm going to tell you. 
I really do think that he could give the Yankees something. And they're going to need him to give them something if they want to be a serious contender. Not only in the AL East, but in the American League and ultimately in all of baseball as well. So, what is coming up for the New York Yankees? It's a damn busy stretch for the Bronx Bombers to close out April. Sheesh. They got a busy one. Starts with three games in the Bronx against the Los Angeles Angels. No, Shohei Otani will not be pitching again in the Bronx. What a shock. Just planned out that, you know, he doesn't start in New York. I'm not surprised. Please sense my sarcasm. Then the Yankees wrap up their 10-game homestand with an AL East battle with the Toronto Blue Jays. That'll be three games. Then the Yankees hit the road. They see Minnesota again for three. They go to Texas for four. Maybe they'll see DeGrom in that series before returning home to begin the month of May against the Cleveland Indians. You got to remember, the Yankees aren't playing as many AL East games as they're used to, so you're going to see a lot more different teams in the schedule. I absolutely love it. I'm fired up for it. And this stretch is going to be a big one for the Yankees. Got to keep chipping away, keep winning series. Tampa Bay is playing great baseball right now. Yeah, they lost the series to the Blue Jays, but 12 wins in a row to start the year. Pretty impressive, if you ask me. Obviously, you don't expect that to last all year, but the way they're playing, they could have a pretty special season lined up, and, and this could be the start of it. So if you're the Yankees, you want to keep ground in the AL East, keep winning games, keep winning series, and when you match up with them, and you match up with Toronto, and you match up with Boston, got to take care of business. And that's what we expect the Yankees to do, just like we are. We're here, we're taking care of business, talking some Yankees baseball. It was another good week for the Bronx Bombers. We'll have to wait and see what's in store for the upcoming week. If you had spring break this week or you had off from work, hopefully you enjoyed it. I had spring break. My boys picked up our first varsity win this year. Nice uh, football score affair, but, you know, we'll take it. Hopefully more are on the way for us and the New York Yankees as we move forward. If you haven't done so already, make sure you follow us on Twitter at PinstripeTalkND and follow our Delahanty media accounts on all social media platforms. Once again, this has been another episode of the Pinstripe Talk Podcast, powered to you by Delahanty Media. I'm your host, Nick Delahanty. As always, let's go Yankees. We'll talk to you really soon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.